0: Welcome to Process to Profitability, a podcast all about the tools and strategies you need to serve your clients and grow your small business, hosted by me, Samantha Mabe of Lemon and the Sea. Join me as I chat with creative entrepreneurs and small business owners about how they built and grew their businesses and how you can do the same in a way that fits you. Let's get started. You're listening to episode 120 of Process to Profitability. As we wrap up season two of the podcast, I'm going to share seven more website updates you should make in order to bring in more dreamy clients. Some of these things we've discussed briefly in previous episodes, but today I'm diving into the details of why you need to make these updates and best practices. I'm talking about SSL certificates, FAQ sections, designing for legibility, SEO, and making sure your website looks the way you think it does. Make sure to listen in this week and then set aside some time to go through your own website and check out each of these items. Let's dive in. This isn't going to be a long episode because I want you guys to really have the time to make some of these changes as we're getting towards the end of the year. Maybe you have some time over the holidays or in a slow season to make these updates, but they're really important for your website. And these are some of the things that I have been helping my clients do recently because they have become more and more important and more people have heard about them. So The first thing I want you guys to do is make sure your website is secure with an SSL certificate. This may seem weird, but Google is now prioritizing websites that are secure, especially on the Google Chrome browser. And if you're wondering what this means, when you type in the URL of a website up on the top bar of your browser, on the left side, you'll see a little thing that'll say secure or unsecure, And that's what this SSL certificate does. It basically tells Google or whatever browser you're using that it's a secure website. So the benefits of having this and having your website secured is that it prevents hackers from stealing data that's shared with you. So when a visitor enters their email address or their credit card information, this helps prevent that information from being stolen. It also helps your website load faster And it can build trust with visitors. So what will happen now, at least to me, when I go and visit websites that are not secured, is occasionally I get um, just a screen. It doesn't bring up the website. It says, this is unsecured. We don't know if this website is safe. Do you want to proceed? And most people are not going to take that risk. So you want to make sure that you've got this in place. And like I said, Google is prioritizing secured sites in their search results. So this is good for SEO as well because you want to be on Google's uh, friendly side. So if you have an SSL certificate in place, visitors are always redirected to the HTTPS version of your site, no matter what it is that they type in. And this is really important because it automatically does this. You don't have to worry about it. If you wanna do this in Squarespace, it's actually really easy. They have it built in, It's free. So you go to the home and then settings, advanced, SSL, and then check secure. This is going to be in the show notes if you are looking for these directions, and it's pretty simple to find even if you just search for how to do it. But some platforms charge you for this or you have to add a plugin. Squarespace does it for free. It's already set up. All you have to do is click the right buttons. The second update. I want you to think about is including frequently asked questions on your website. We've mentioned this in the past, but I want to talk about them more here because I've been doing them for a lot of clients, and I think that this is a really overlooked part of your website design, but it can be very helpful. So an FAQ section is there to answer the most important questions that somebody might have about your service or your product or about a course or something that you're selling. So This is to help them realize that you know what you're talking about, you understand the questions that they might have, and you are preemptively answering them so you can avoid some unnecessary emails back and forth with people asking the same question over and over again. It also helps to build trust because you are answering these questions up front. So the place you want to include these is on your services or your sales page, depending on what it is that you're doing. And If you're trying to minimize space because your page is long I really like using an accordion menu so you can do this in Squarespace with some different plugins and you can do it and show it by designing it this way but basically how it works is the question is always visible and then there if you click on it it opens up the answer below and then once you click on the next one it closes that up so it saves space it looks really neat and organized and people understand how these works because they're pretty standard on websites across the board. So they understand how an accordion menu works and that this is a really good way to share the answers to these questions. A lot of times what my clients will have me include here are things about returns or guarantees, who something is best for, And anything else. So on my website, in the FAQ section, I answer questions about which platform they will be using, how much extra money that might cost for the project, things that come up in conversation that this way I can direct people to them. And sometimes they don't even ask because they've already seen it on the page when they're looking to work with me. The third update I want you guys to make is to format your text for legibility. This is so important. And as people are thinking more and more about accessibility, this is a big deal. So think about the text on your website and how it looks. You want it to be really easy for people to read so that they can quickly look over your website and see if they're in the right place. Most text should be left aligned In regular case, so that it's really legible and it should be used for every paragraph you have on your website. So, this is your standard, you know, basic default setting, and it's that way for a reason, and that's because that's how most people have learned to read. That's what's easiest for them to read. Paragraphs should be no more than five sentences. You want to keep them small in chunks of text so that they're quick for people to skim and see if the information is relevant. Minimize the amount of centered text to headlines and maybe some subtitles, but really you want to make sure that this is really easy to read. You can break up your text with bullet points by adding columns and other design elements like images so that people can look at the different sections, they can get the information that they need and figure out where it is on the page that they need to be looking as quickly as possible. We don't have very long attention spans, especially in the digital age, so we want to make sure that the important information is being communicated well and is being communicated quickly. And finally, a big thing that I notice on a lot of websites and something I work with my clients on is to make sure your text is dark enough to read. You can do this, there's a tool called the Contrast Checker and I've linked it in the show notes. It's really cool, you just type in the color of your background and the color of your text and it'll tell you whether or not it's legible. So your goal here is to make sure that anybody can read the text on your headline, whether they're colorblind or they need a larger font size, you wanna make sure that your text doesn't blend in with the background because then they're going to strain too much to read what it is that you're saying. Another note here is that your paragraph fonts should be at least 16 point. That's just to make sure that it's easy for everybody to read. Smaller than that might look nice, and I do have clients that prefer the look of that, but really that's not the best way to design your website because you want it to be easy to read even if that means that it doesn't look quite the way you thought it would. Part of what it takes to run a successful online business is having the right tools for the job. I'm sharing a list of all of the tools I use in my business in my toolbox. And you can find that at lemoninthesea.com slash my dash toolbox to download it now. These include tools that I use for podcasting, designing, running my business, and other things. So you can get a real inside look at everything that I use every day in order to serve my clients well and grow my business. Again, you can find that at lemoninthesea.com slash my toolbox. All right. Number four is an SEO trick. So add a name and page description to each page of your website. In most website platforms now, they have an SEO section, and Squarespace is updated there, so when you go into the page settings, they have a whole tab for SEO. And you can name the page separately from what shows up in your navigation. And what you wanna do here is make sure that the page name is correct, and then include your brand or your business name. So it would say home and then there might be a dash or a slash or something and say lemon in the sea for my website. And that way, when somebody searches for you, they don't just see home come up in that blue title. They actually see what business or brand it is that they're looking at so that they know where it is that they're going. And the second part of this is to update the page description for all of these pages with a short paragraph about what visitors can expect. It should be in sentence form because when somebody searches for your website, this is the paragraph that appears under the title of the page. And so you want it to make sense for people to look at and include your keywords and phrases. This is how Google is going to bring it up. You know, having them on your page is great and you should have it in your content. But if you can also put it in your description, it's going to tell people when they come and see that pop up on Google or whatever search engine they're using, that this is a page that's actually going to help them answer the question that they were searching for. All right, number five. This is a big one. I do this all the time as a website designer, but I'm sharing this with you guys because I hate to go to a website that isn't mobile friendly or that somebody thinks is mobile friendly, but when they actually see it on the device, it doesn't look the same way. So if you've designed your website, like most of us, on a desktop, on the same browser all the time, that's where you look at it every time, you want to make sure that everybody is seeing the same thing. And you can do that by checking your website on different browsers and devices than the one that you design on. To do it on different browsers, you want to um, just make sure you have them installed or go to another computer and check it out. There are some that are on Macs and others that are on PCs, so you might want to do both of those. I like Google Chrome for myself, um, and it's a very popular one, but I will still check it on Internet Explorer and everything else. If you are a designer, you know that people don't really like Internet Explorer, but people still use it. So you want to make sure that even if it can't be exactly replicated on every browser, because sometimes that's not possible, it still looks good and it gets the most important information across. If you don't have access to different devices, so if you don't have an iPod and an Android and an iPhone and everything else, There are actually tools that you can use. Um, You can use a website like ScreenFly or responsive test tool to preview your website on different screen sizes and different devices. All you do is type in the URL that you wanna go to, and it brings up tons of choices of devices and screen sizes that you can look at. They're really useful. I've linked them in the show notes. And even if you don't do it for every single thing, at least test it out on a phone screen, a tablet, a desktop, To make sure that you're getting the look that you want. Okay, on to number six. I've talked about this one before, but it's simplify your navigation. Simplify, simplify, simplify. Keep only the most important pages in your navigation. You don't want to overwhelm people by giving them too many choices. So the main menu navigation at the top of your website should include the about page, a services page, if you have a shop you can include a link there, your blog and your contact page, and that one should always be last. That's it, that's really all you need. Your homepage is generally linked to the logo that's on your website, and people understand that that's how they work, so you don't need a separate link for your homepage. The reason we wanna keep this simple, and we've talked about this in the past, but you want to make sure that people are going on a journey through your website. They're going to land on the homepage of your website most often. They might want to learn more about you. They're going to look at your services. They might want to see your content, and then they're going to get in contact with you. They don't need to see links to everything else along the way. People will dig into your website to find what it is that they're looking for if they're interested in learning more. If you put everything up in your menu, you're going to overwhelm them, and they're not going to know where to go. One exception to this is if you have a shop with a lot of different types of products. You still want to include about your shop. You want to include that main shop button. If you have a blog of sorts, you can have that and your contact page. But under that shop, you can organize it so that it's easy to find different categories of items. But still, you want to keep it as simple as possible while allowing people to find what it is that they need. The other place that you have navigation on your website, and this is super important and usually overlooked, is the footer of your website. So at the very bottom of your website, there's generally a line that has the copyright information. This is where your privacy policy link should go, your terms and conditions, and a design attribution if you have one. So you'll see that as like generally the very last line of a website. Above that, you have your footer, and what a lot of people do is have a secondary navigation, and it has those most important pages. Again, it can have links to your social media. It can have a sign up for your email list. You can do a little bit more in the bottom. You still want to keep it condensed and easy to read and understand, but it can be a little bit larger as far as space, so you can include those links there. I have written a blog post about using your footer, and I will link that in the show notes so that you can check it out. And number seven, I cannot emphasize your contact page enough. It's one of the most important pages on your website, and people don't really think about it in terms of design or even content. But number seven is to update your contact form. So we've already talked about your contact page and how it should include your email address, it should include expectations as far as when you're gonna get back to somebody, but let's talk about your contact form. The first thing here I want you to do is keep it short and fairly generic so you aren't limiting the types of inquiries you receive. Depending on your business, that you may find that this doesn't work and you do want to have a little bit more in-depth of a form. Sometimes, especially for wedding professionals, it's easier to include something like a budget so that you know whether or not somebody is even kind of in the realm of what it is that you do and the budgets that you work with. But you want to make sure that people who aren't necessarily interested in hiring you for that, have a way to get in touch with you. You don't want to include so many questions that people get overwhelmed and don't want to fill them out because this is the first time generally that they're contacting you. You want to make it easy enough for them to fill out quickly and then you can follow up with more questions so that you can get them to the right place. But one question you do want to include is one of the most important and that is how did you hear about us? A lot of times, we are not sure where people found us, whether it's Instagram or Facebook, or they were searching for us on Google, or it was a referral. And if we don't know where somebody found us, we can't focus our efforts on the platforms that are really bringing in our dream clients. And we don't have time to be working on every single platform all the time. So if you include this question on your contact form, you can either do it in a dropdown where they choose which option or you can leave it so they type it in. But this way, you can keep track of where people are finding you from and what are the most popular places that, you know, those really dreamy clients are coming to your website because they heard of you from someone else or from Instagram or whatever it is. And the next part of your contact form is to connect it to a CRM like Dubsado to automatically respond with next steps. So my contact form on Dubsado actually works pretty cool. When you fill it out, it asks you what it is that you are interested in. So if you're interested in working with me, in being a guest on the podcast, if you just wanted to say hi, there's a drop down menu with those options. And then Dubsado will actually send a follow-up email based on the selection that you made. So if somebody wants to be a guest on the podcast, I generally don't have time to look over all of those emails right away if I'm not currently searching for people to bring on to the show. And so what it will do is send an automatic email that says, thank you so much for getting in touch with me. If you're interested in being on the show, please fill out this application and I'll be in touch in the future when I'm looking for guests. That way, I don't have to send that email to people. It does it automatically. If they want to say hi, it basically tells them I'll get back to them within 48 hours. If they're interested in working with me, it sends them a PDF with more information. So they are already working towards understanding what it is that I do and making sure that we're doing, we're a good fit. So your contact form and the way that you connect it to your CRM can be really, really helpful for you so that you don't get overwhelmed and forget to respond to people or leave them hanging or feel like you have to be constantly connected to your inbox because you don't want to miss something. All right, so those are seven things. I'm going to go back over uh, them real quick, but you can always find this in the show notes. So number one, make sure your website is secure with an SSL certificate. Number two, include an FAQ section. Number three, format text on your website for legibility. Four, add a name and page description to each page. Five, check your site on multiple browsers and devices. Six, simplify your navigation. And seven, update your contact form. I know that's a lot of stuff and maybe it isn't all relevant for your website, but I wanna give you three action steps to help you get started. Number one is to visit your website as a visitor and see what it looks like and if you need to make any changes. A lot of times we spend all our time on the back end of our websites and we never actually see what it looks like to somebody who's first visiting. Just do that today. See if there's any big changes or big mistakes that you see that need to be updated. Number two is Google your brand and your name to see how your website ranks and what description displays. If it all looks good, you don't need to worry about the SEO parts. But if you need to change those things, then you know that that should be on your to-do list. And number three, check your contact form to see if you need to update it and to make sure that it's working correctly. All right, guys, those were seven more website updates you can make to bring in more of your dreamy clients to your business. I hope this website helps you and that you're able to take away a couple of things and make some changes in your business so that you can start seeing more income and more ways to serve the clients that you love. If you loved this episode, Please leave us a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps people to find the show. It helps me to bring on more guests and to continue to bring you more episodes. Thanks for listening to Process to Profitability. Please take a minute to leave an honest review in iTunes so that I can help more small business owners and creative entrepreneurs find the show.